This is Kevin Conroy. And I am the goddamn Batman. Mr. Bruce Wayne, he's here to see you. I hope you don't mind milk. We're out of cream. I prefer it. Terrence, sorry to get you up so early. It's okay. You never told me you knew Bruce Wayne. Well, actually, uh... Why, I owe this boy my life. He defended me against a bunch of hooligans once. I tried to reward him, but he absolutely refused. Mr. Wayne wants to offer you a job. A job? It's not much, mind you. I find that in my old age, I could use a part-time assistant. You know, a gopher. Go for this, go for that. An ally, as it were. Would you be interested? Well, of course he would. Wouldn't you, honey? I mean, to work with someone as famous as Mr. Wayne. Sure. I warn you, I can be a difficult taskmaster. I accept nothing short of excellence from all who work for me. I think I can handle it. Very good then, Mr. McGinnis. Welcome to my world. Hello and welcome to Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss video games, movies, and television shows that we grew up on. Uh, this week we have Mike is taking over the show here, because we are going to talk about one of our favorite cartoons of all time. Uh, we're going to be going back to, what, what, what would you say, Mike, uh, 92, 93? I forget what the actual start date of this show was. Holy crap, you have it so wrong, but I have to do this right off the bat. It's fun time! I love Bruce Timmons as the future Joker. No, 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 no. 92, 93. 92 was the beginning of Batman the Animated Series, which we did that two weeks ago. Right. Batman Beyond didn't happen until 99, to 99 through, I believe, 2002, 2001. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, um, simply amazing. Let me see here. Uh, yep, yeah, 99 to 2002 was three seasons. Uh, 52 episodes total. Yeah, it, it, and I apologize because I, I remember watching this show here, but it was like I remember talking about Batman Beyond with yeah. friends of mine at, when I was working at the movie theater, and it was like I was like, oh, okay, hey, this is really cool, and they were going, this is really a cool show because it's got Bruce Wayne is old, and I'm yeah, that was when I first heard about it. And I'm like, wait, what? Bruce Wayne is old? Yeah, see, I here's the thing with Batman Beyond, I. 
briefly watched, I was able to watch several episodes of BCIS, um, and then at the time, my then stepmother said, oh no, this is, you know, 93, oh no, this is 93 and 94, oh no, this is too violent, you can't watch this, so then I didn't get to watch it, I completely missed out on Superman, and by the time I was, you know, 18, 19, 20, when I can actually make my own damn decisions, you know, stepmother be damned, um, I, I found this on Kids WB, and I'm like, wait, Bruce, how, how did Bruce age to, 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 oh my god, what is going on here? Yeah. And I watched it, and it's like, oh my god, you know, people, I, I'm, I gotta bring this up when we eventually get uh, that 75 Years of Batman episode recorded for the pull bags uh, special this month, but, uh, you know, people... If you really look at it, and if it was a little bit more than what it is, Kevin Conroy has been voicing Batman for nearly a quarter of Batman's history. 22, 21, 22 years yeah. that Kevin Conroy has been voicing Batman, whether it be young Bruce and Batman himself or old Bruce, 92 to now. Oh my god, 22 years out of 75 overall years of Batman history. Nearly a quarter of the time Kevin Conroy has been involved. That is just amazing. And you know what? I still like the fact that he he has changed a little bit. Because I've noticed it as I was watching Batman Beyond uh, a couple of the episodes today. And I, I was hearing and I'm like, that doesn't really sound like the darker Batman-ish Bruce Wayne voice that I was used to hearing. Yeah, he changed it a little bit because they want obviously they he they wanted him to sound older. You know, um, that's kind of like um, Mark Hamill when Mark Hamill came back for Return of the Joker. Uh, he wanted to do the happy, you know, maniacal Joker, and Bruce Tim had to tell him, no, 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 no. We want dark. We want, you know evil joker we don't want the maniacal laughter right you know hit you with a whoopee cushion joker we want sinister joker and he gave him that in space oh yes <laughs> uh, we'll talk about return of the joker here in a little bit but um now batman beyond like i said 99 2002 uh it had its own video game for the movie return of the joker uh, on the production crew side, you had producers from Alan Burnett, Paul Dini, uh, Gene McCurdy, Sean McLaughlin, uh, Glenn Murakami, and Bruce Timm. Directors were Butch... I know I'm going to butcher his name. It looks like Lou Kick, but I think it's pronounced Lou Chick. Um, Dan Reba, Kurt Gaeta, uh, James Tucker, and uh, two of the... Um, uh, I could... Two of the foreign directors, I can't pronounce their names. Uh, for writers, you had Stan Berkowitz, Hilary Bader, Alan Burnett, Robert Goodman, Rich Fogel, Paul Dini, and John P. McCann. Uh, the casting on this is interesting, because the casting here says it was done by Leslie Lamers, but I could have sworn Andrea Romano was on this one. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Um, now, I'm, I'm looking at the dcanimated.wikia.com. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that uh, that Andrea Romano was a part of this. I, I would hope so, because, I mean... <laughs> um, yeah. 
I'm pretty sure, for the most part. Um, but the voice cast. Uh, okay, so here before we get into the voice cast, here's the basic plot. Um, and again, I'm reading this, uh, you know, um, from the DCAU wiki. But the basic plot is: for decades, Bruce Wayne reigned as Gotham City's crime-fighting Dark Knight. Uh, Batman. Twenty years into the future, however, the reign has come to an end. And as a new horde of outrageous outlaws, gangs, and villains rampage the city, the unthinkable has happened. The aging Bruce Wayne has hung up his cape and retired to seclusion. But when a brave young high school teen named Terry McGinnis stumbles onto the secret of Batman's true identity, a new alliance is forged. And a legend is reborn. Armed with a dazzling array of advanced technology, Terry becomes the new Batman and explodes into the futuristic streets of Gotham. Powered by the bond between legendary master and youthful crusader, Batman Beyond introduces a new hero for a new era. Together, these heroes dedicate their lives to eliminate each and every lying, conniving, and cheating criminal from the underbelly of the future Gotham City fighting the odds and risking their lives once again in the pursuit of justice. Um, Batman Beyond, it's so good. First of all, the animation is is top-notch. Oh, yeah. Um, think about this, ladies and gentlemen. This is the future, and this isn't, you know, the future that, that Zemeckis promised us. This isn't 2015. This isn't next year. This is like um, basically what Bruce Tim has said in the commentaries and everything else on certain DVDs is that Batman Beyond takes place 50 years from whenever now. Well, yeah, 50 years from whenever now is. I believe they put it somewhere, um, somewhere around 2040, 2039, 2040. Um, and that's kind of where it starts. Um, but, uh, I think for me, um, uh, outside of the whole origin episode, rebirth, the, the rebirth two-parter, I think for me, one of the coolest things was the Batmobile. I don't care. Like, I get it. People, I, I, I love the BTAS Batmobile and I love the BTAS Batwing, but the fact that you merge the two of them and create this new futuristic flying car. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. And it's just amazing. Um, all right, so Rebirth. Uh, I assume, because I've made fun of you off-air, and I'm going to do so on-air because you just just don't know how to watch this show. I assume you did watch Rebirth, right? Oh, several times over. Okay. Several times what were your Okay. What were your initial thoughts on Rebirth? Well, I thought it was really, really cool, the fact that we see Bruce Wayne, or Batman, having a heart attack while he's fighting the guys. You know, he's fighting the villains in the new suit. And we see him kind of like, and he's like, oh, you know, cringing down there on the ground, and he pulls up a gun. Something that he absolutely refused that he was ever going to, you know, ever going to pick up and use against a bad guy, against a villain. And he's using it, threatening to shoot the guy to get him to stop, you know, to get the kidnapper to stop uh, beating on one of these guys. And, you know, it's just well, like, no, it, it's to get the kidnapper to stop beating on him. Right. Because he loses, Bruce loses his shit in the middle of the battle and he starts, you know, convulsing and, you know, curling up in the fetal position. And then the guy was like, Batman, 
Batman's been hunting my family for 40 years now. Here, take this. And he takes a... What's so funny about that, and it's not funny in a ha-ha kind of way, it's funny and it's kind of, a, you know, ironic. The dude takes a crowbar to Batman. Yeah. Kind of like the Joker took a crowbar to Jason Todd. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but see, here's here's the thing. It's it, it, The thing that drives Bruce over the edge is almost using the th- one thing he has always hated. Now, if you go in the chronological timeline of the DCAU, there's only been one other time that Batman has ever used a gun, and it wasn't his fault. It's in a, it's in a Justice League episode. Dead Man takes control of his body, grabs a gun... And as the JLU Batman shoots somebody, and then Deadman releases control of Batman's body, and ba- and leaves Batman holding the gun, and Batman just throws it away and just storms off. Um, somewhere I have, I'll have to find the image and, and send it to you. I have that image of Batman using the gun, and I also have the image of this bat of Bruce now using. It's eerily. I, you know, Bruce Tim and his team, you know, that they've gone on record and say, hey, we didn't really do all this to make a real universe and have it all connected. It just kind of happened that way. Bullshit. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, they did go, like, by, by the time Justice League happened, they did go back and said, oh, hey, we can take this from Batman, we can take this from Superman, we can do this, 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 and this, and this. So by, by the time Justice League and Justice League Unlimited came around, yeah. They did. Oh, yeah. But in the beginnings, they didn't really. Um, they didn't mean to, but it just happened that so, way, which I can get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing about this kidnapping is it's Bunny Vreeland, who Vreeland, uh, Veronica must be her grandmother or great-grandmother or something, because uh, Veronica Vreeland was once uh, Br- one of Bruce's many uh, lady uh, friends that he had over the years. So I thought that was a nice nod that it was her daughter, granddaughter, or whatever, uh, in the opening of the show. Um, so we go to the Bat Cave, and we see all this cool stuff that um, that just you know that just is you know it's still there. And Bruce is like, never again. Shuts it. Like I had chills running down my spine from the time he held that gun. To the time he said those lines, yeah, and it's just Kevin Conroy really stepped up for for an old Bruce Wayne. Oh yeah, the dude stepped like I did. I barely recognized Bruce Wayne. I re- outside of the animation model, barely recognized him. Yeah, I, I kind of thought, okay, who is that? Because my thing was when I came in with when I first came into it, it was probably like maybe three or four episodes after Rebirth. Mm-hmm. And I like, you know, this is when it was first running on, on WB. So I was like, oh, okay, well, what is this? Oh, this is that show that people were telling me about where Bruce is old. So it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to sit down and watch it. And, I was, and at first I had this, I had the attitude where it was kind of like, oh, they're going to be bastardizing it. And that was my first thought. And then I started watching it and I'm like, okay, this isn't bad. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is pretty good. <laughs> So you started probably around Blackout or Golem or Meltdown, correct? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what it was. I know I saw, like, I know I saw Shriek. Um, 
God. I, I don't remember exactly when it was. I mean, I'm sure if I went back and went, oh, okay, I you know, saw a little bit of the episode, I'd be able to go, this is the one that I started on. Right. The first the first season has 13 episodes in it. Rebirth is, is one and two. Blackout Golem, Meltdown. Meltdown is the return of Mr. Freeze. Heroes is the Fantastic Four homage, Shriek. Uh, Dead Man's Hand is where... Um, James Bond got old, thank God. Ooh, I hate that movie. That movie doesn't exist in my mind. Um, uh, on Her Majesty's Secret. Oh, oh, with, yeah. Um, I, I think with, with Lazy B, yeah. I think that was the one that I, I might have seen first, because that was the one with all of the, uh, the Royal Flush Gang. Oh, Flush Gang, yeah. Okay. Uh, the Winning Edge was the Bane episode. Spellbound was introducing that villain. Disappearing Ink was the second Ink episode. A Touch of Curare is where we learn that Barbara Gordon is married to uh, Sam Young, the DA. And then Ascension is where um, Blight um, gets exposed. Okay, I, I'm trying to think because there was. Do we see? Do we see where Blight shows up like at the very beginning? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That's in Rebirth. Okay. I'm because wondering then if I caught if I caught part two of Rebirth at the very beginning then. I Part part two starts off with previously on. I might have. Okay. But I mean uh, it's still all in all. This was yeah. just following it and going, Okay, I remember this, I remember this. This was awesome. And I mean I, I have gone back and watched it on Netflix. Uh, I got about two and a half seasons in, and then I said, Okay, I've got to sit down and watch uh, Return of the Joker, and then I went over and I watched the epilogue episode, which I know we'll get to that in, in a little bit. But. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Now, see, episodes you should have watched, I wish you would have told me this before we did the recording, because in Season 2, there are several episodes you should have watched. Um, uh, let's see, Lost Soul, because that has uh, Stacy Keach. It's basically a Tron ref. It's basically a giant Tron reference episode. Um, let's see, Lost Soul, uh, Once Burned is another um, Royal Flush Gang episode. Uh, Revenant is the return of Willie Watt from Golem. Uh, let's see, if, uh, Armory Sne- uh, Sneak Peek is the one with Ian Peek where he's the, the, the paparazzi guy. Okay, I, I did see that one for sure. I okay, that. yeah, where he basically just falls through forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was uh, The Egg Baby, the only reason why you need to go back and watch Egg Baby is because it is a hilarious episode. Like, you know, you you take this show at, at on face value, it's very serious. It's very but Egg Baby really allowed them to have some fun with it. Um April Moon, I've always had a really soft spot for for, for April Moon because I, I just I like that episode. I think it's really, really cool. Um and Ace in the Hole. The reason why you need to watch Ace in the Hole is because it tells more of how it tells more of Bruce's adventures. Because it focuses on the dog, it focuses on you know bat dog Bruce's dog Scooby. <laughs> yeah, it focuses on Bruce's version of Scooby, um, and we see how we see Ace as a puppy, and it's just oh my god, like kills you with cuteness with with, with Ace as a puppy. You, you wouldn't think that, that that this dog would grow up to be this vicious bat hound, <laughs> um, but no, Ace in the hole. It shows you how. 
Bruce and Ace met and how they became companions. Because technically Ace, before Terry, Ace really was Bruce's Alfred. Because at, at this point, yeah. um, I'm pretty sure Alfred was gone. Because Alfred's very old. And um, that's one other thing. I know we're, um, we're about 20 minutes into this show, but... Uh, this just happened. We have to dedicate this episode to yes. the memory of Ephraim Zimblis Jr. Ephraim Zimblis Jr., for those that don't know, voiced Alfred Pennyworth in the DC Animated Universe. He also had um, major hits on television, film, a very accomplished actor. 77 um, Sunset Strip. Yeah. I mean. Yep. Yep. He was in, uh, he was a guest star on his daughter's show, uh, um, Remington Steel. Uh, when I when I saw that, I was like, "Hey, it's a semi young Alfred." Whoa, because I had I, I not not that I dislike Remington Steele, but I never I wasn't in the in the proper age range to get like you didn't line up in the eighties for me with Knight Rider, Airwolf, A Team, Remington Steele on the end over here. Remington Steele is kind of like the redheaded stepchild of the eighties action shows. Yeah, uh, you know. Um, <laughs> not saying that it's a bad show but I, I never really put that together at the time and i saw that recently and i was like oh my god but um no um mr zimblist is going to be missed very very much and then season three um there's only really three episodes you really need to watch in season three and hopefully you did out of the past that one sounds familiar. Uh, because I'm trying to remember it's what it happens. The one where Talia comes back. Yes, and she offers him. Uh, she gives offers Bruce the birthday gift to go into Lazarus Pit. Yeah. Yes. And it has, you know, I waited. You know, I waited months to get tickets for this show. It's Shway. It's Schwarbage. <laughs> it has superstitious, cowardly lots. Yeah. <laughs> um, which will be in this podcast somewhere. I don't know where I'm putting <laughs> that in, but it will be in here somewhere. Um, but Out of the Past is by far one of the creepiest cartoons I have ever seen. Yes. Just the revelation in that 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 it's not the real Talia. And if, again, if you look at Lost Soul, which has nothing to do with the Al Ghouls or, or David Warner or anything like that. If you look at that and you look at Out of the Past, oh my god, it's Tron all over this damn series because David Warner, not only was he Professor Jordan Perry in TMNT 2, he was Edward Dillinger Sr. in Tron. Yes. <laughs> so awesome. Uh, the only reason why you need to watch the Call two-parter is because it's what if Bat Beyond joined the Justice League. Um... It's a really, really awesome thing, and the, the greatest, one of the greatest things about that two-parter is they got um, <laughs> Shooter McGavin back. They got Christopher <laughs> McDonald back. Uh, he was originally uh, Jor-El in the last Son of Krypton three-parter uh, for Superman the Animated Series. They got him back as old Superman in, the, in this two-parter, and it's so awesome. It really, really is. Um, um, but that's, out of the episodes, you know, I would say that there's, you know, there are a lot of good ones. There's a lot of bad ones, too. Um, Babel is another one that's really good. It's one of the ones where Shriek comes back. Um, 
Well, I, I have to say the very first uh, appearance I saw of Shriek was when they did that whole cut and Batman was deaf, basically. And you didn't hear any sound through most of it. It was just him moving around. It was like, oh, yeah. damn, this is impressive. They won a, a, an Emmy for that episode, I believe, because of the sound editing. And because basically what happened was Batman didn't go deaf. Shriek changed the sound waves to where it it helped him and didn't help Batman, but it eventually, um, yeah, Shriek, the, the episode entitled Shriek is where he, where Shriek at the end goes deaf. Babel picks up after that, so he still is deaf, but he's coming back and he's, the only thing wrong with Babel is he's using a giant fucking tuning fork as a sounding board for his, <laughs> yeah, um, um, but no, the the animation in this show is wonderful. It's it, it's amazing. Just everything that suit can do. I mean, like you know, seriously, having having fingertip microphones. I would love to have those. You know, yes. having having the camouflage. I mean, it's oh, yeah. just so amazing. Now, you know, I I know there are people that are going to probably criticize this show a little bit. I know there's a lot of people out there that don't like. Um, uh, Terry's version of Alfred and Maxine Gibson. Um, Max is our like I don't have as much problem with Max as I used to. Um, and plus, if you look at Max, it's um, it's Cree Summer. Oh yeah, Max is yes. friggin' Elmira, you know. Um, uh, and I absolutely, lo- I just is everything about this show is is simply amazing. It really, really is. Well, let's delve into the cast a bit because I. I really loved the cast of this show. Uh, I, I actually surprised my wife the other night, and she surprised me. Uh, she was mentioning here, because I, I asked her, I says, hey, have you ever heard of Wilfred L? And mm-hmm. she goes, uh, yeah, he was that guy on, on Boy Meets World. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, he was also in some awful teenage movie. And I'm going, oh, God. <laughs> My wife remembers this, and, and I go, yeah, he was also the voice of Batman of Terry McGinnis in Batman Beyond. She goes, never saw it, don't care. <laughs> uh, um, well, see, here's here's the thing about Friedel nowadays. He's he's done so many things lately um, since being the voice of Batman. Since 1999, he was Ron Stoppable and Kim Possible. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, he returned as Terry uh, in the pilot for Static Shock. Um, he was Kyle Rayner uh, in Justice League Unlimited. Um, he was uh, Gearhead in The Batman. Uh, let's see, more recently, he was Blue Beetle in Batman the Brave and the Bold 2008-2011. He was uh, Ken Tennyson in Ben 10 Alien Force. He was Randy the Sheep in Penguins of Madagascar. Oh, shit. And I just saw something else. Stop the phone here. He was Bumblebee in Transformers Prime. I'll get to that. I'll, I'll get to that. Hold on. I'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> no, that's not, even, that's not even the most shocking thing. He's the new lion in the short-lived Thundercat oh. series. <laughs> I didn't realize that one. And, well, see, here's the thing. 
they gave Lionel a catchphrase. His catchphrase is whiskers. And everybody hated it. Yeah. Really, really did. Um, but yeah, I they they got him for Bumblebee in Transformers Prime. Uh, you know, um, but like that was just like I wasn't sure how they were gonna do that because I had been watching Prime from the very beginning. We'll we'll have to do an episode on Prime. Oh but yeah, I wasn't sure how they were gonna do that, but I I I've heard the stories that um, they didn't tell anybody. They told everybody, "Hey, this is gonna be Blue Streak." They told nobody that it was going to eventually be Bumblebee. So it was kind of like, you know, I I heard, you know, I'd, I'd seen online, oh, it's just it's Will Friedel as Bumblebee, and he it's basically just Batman and Lion-O as Bumblebee, and it's still awesome though. Oh yeah, um, it really, really is. Um, it, it's simply amazing. Um, so um, he's after Transformers Prime ended. Um, he was uh, currently he's various voices on the Teen Titans Go cartoon series, um, which I hope would die a horrible yeah. death. <laughs> he's uh, the voice of um, uh, Rick Jones, Archangel, and Nova in Lego Marvel Superheroes, which came out last year. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the the dude has done. I, of course, everybody remembers him as Eric Matthews from Boy Meets World. The funny thing is, I don't think I don't think he ha- I don't think he's going to have anything to do with the new spinoff Girl Meets World. You know, he might. I, I can see him showing up once or twice for something. Maybe, but all the previews I've seen about that show, it's focusing on that Corey is now the teacher. Oh, at God. her school. No, it's no. We'll we'll talk about that later. But yeah. back to Batman Beyond. Will Friedel as Batman was just simply amazing. Have you seen the newest uh, sh- the the Darwin Cook short that celebrates seventy five years? No, not yet. I wanted to, and I just haven't had. It's a minute and twenty seconds. I haven't had a chance to. I'm sorry. Oh my God! Come on. I know. I know. I know. Uh, um. I will put it somewhere here in the episode, but it's it's friggin' amazing. It really, really is because it doesn't really tell you where it. The short basically celebrates Batman Beyond for seventy five years of Batman, but it doesn't tell it, it. It's technically a giant tease all the way through because it doesn't really tell you where it happens chronologically. Um. I would say it happens somewhere, um, like somewhere between. It's definitely before. It seems to be before Return of the Joker because he calls him Mister Wayne. Um, he doesn't call him Bruce. Really? Uh, so I'm not sure exactly um, uh, where it takes place. But the greatest thing about it is. Kevin still has the old Bruce voice, and, oh. and it's it pays homage to one of the old BTAS episodes as far as who the villain is in in the thing. Um, the coolest thing about it is how they defeat the villain, uh, and just several lines and several ways the several ways the Bruce model is animated. It's oh my god! It's 
he says one line, and I can see that smirk on his face, even though it's his standard animated model smile, but they use the Batmobile to get rid of this villain. And he says, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to butcher the voice, obviously, since I'm no Kevin Conroy, but he says, Batmobile, ignition. And it's just that, <laughs> just hearing him say that line as Bruce Wayne and see, I can so tell, like, oh my god, that's the devious old man that we all know and love. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, well, like I said, it's a minute and 19 seconds short, and it's kind of very short, and it is a very large tease uh for for everybody but as a fan of this show uh and not having really anything other than the digital comics that have happened i love seeing batman beyond an animation again after so long um and it pays homage to nearly every incarnation 75 years of batman it really does it has um the beware it has the uh, beware the Batman suit in it. It has the Brave and the Bold suit. It has the '89 Michael Keaton suit in it. Wow! It has the original Bob Kane design in it uh, as an animation model. It, you, dude, you gotta watch it. We, we we almost you know what, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna take a break right here. I'm gonna have to show this shit to Doug because <laughs> he needs to watch it. We'll be back, Mr. Wayne. Mr. Wayne. Terry, you're hurt. Just groggy. Who did this? It was me. So now that everyone has heard the short and you've just seen it. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I told you. Um, they got Kevin Conroy and, and Will Friedel back to voice voice Terry and Bruce in this one minute 19 short. And people say, oh, like, like I said earlier, people say, oh, a minute 19 seconds. That's too short of a short. And, and, and it is a giant tease, but... It's so awesome. Oh, yeah. It really is. It's, oh my God, it is so awesome. So, back to the show. Um, the show has a lot of good episodes. It also has a lot of bad episodes. Um, uh, you know, uh, so they're number ones to avoid. But getting back into the cast, so we, we have Will Friedel. I mean, we have Kevin Conroy. And, and let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Conroy, he is pretty much known as Batman. I mean, the guy did attend Juilliard with Christopher Reeve. Yeah. So Batman and Superman went to school together. <laughs> Batman and Batman and the Joker were on Broadway at one point together. Yep. Yep. Um 
I mean, he's done several stage plays over the years. Um, since about 79, um, looking here, the latest one was The Last Yankee, ran from 97 to 98. Um, but, I mean, his, his filmography, he has pretty much been Batman. His, you know, a lot, all of his career. Um, uh, sure, he started in soaps in another world in 1980. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, I don't want to say anything bad about him because, no, I, I mean, the man has been, he's had a solid career being Batman. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I don't even want to say unfortunately because that's really not the case. No, but, well, see, that's a, there's a certain thing of, okay, people are like, oh, typecasting this, typecasting that. He embraces yeah. the fact. And he loves the fact that he has been Batman for the past 21, 22 years. So, you know, it, it's not to me, it's not typecasting at all. And he's been Batman in many, many, many things outside of the DC Animated Universe. He was the Batman of Zuren R um, in Batman uh, Brave and the Bold. Um, he was Batman in the DC Universe online video game. Uh, he was Batman in several different video games over the years. Um, he was Batman in um, uh, Arkham Asylum and City. Yep. Uh, they didn't get him for Origins, and I don't... I'm not sure about whatever the new one's... The Arkham new one Knight or something like that? Um, yeah, no, Arkham... Well, it says... It, well, it says here that he is, so I'm not sure. Oh, wow. Uh, but um, the new upcoming film, Batman Assault on Arkham, has him as Bruce Wayne Batman, and it has uh, uh, Troy Baker as the Joker. Now, see, here's the thing. we got to talk about Mark Hamill, because Mark Hamill, uh, as much as I love the guy, he retired from being the Joker after the second Arkham game, Arkham City. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I understand that, you know, you can only be the Joker so long and your voice is only going to hold out. Because I, I bet that that voice, no, no matter if it's the manic Joker or the, or the you know, the um, the sick and twisted Joker from Return of the Joker, I, I bet that takes a toll on his, on, on his vocal cords. Oh, it's got to. I mean, that, I mean, I can try and do it, but it's scratchy. No. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's very scratchy. Um... So you've got Cree Summer as Maxine Gibson. Most people will know Cree from um, <laughs> um, what's that thing she did with Tara? Um, drawn to, drawn together. Yep. <laughs> oh my god, have you seen that? Oh god, I, I have you seen the thing with her and her and Tara's princess character? Well, they're they're aren't they lesbians or something? Yes. God. <laughs> I haven't uh, seen a whole lot of the episodes because I mean, no, yeah, uh, there's only one you really need to see. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there's that, you know, uh, there's that. Uh, she was Elmira in Tiny Toons. Um, uh, she was on Rugrats, and I'm trying to think of which character she was on Rugrats. Uh, Jesus, this is pissing me off. <laughs> Why don't I remember this? I'm gonna have to go. I'm looking like right now to see. Batman Brave and the Bold, Betsy's Kindergarten, as told by Ginger. <laughs> Come on. Uh, 
God, even I'm trying to find it now. Rugrats movie. Susie Carmichael. There we go. Yeah, she was Susie Carmichael. Uh, most of the... She was that character in uh, most of the movies. I don't think she was in the series proper. Uh, she. There was a couple episodes where she showed up there in, okay. in uh, Rugrats. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I like Cree Summer as, as Max, and um, so there is that. Um, uh, let's see, what else do we want to talk about here? Um, well, I had, I had one today that kind of flipped me out, because I was watching uh, I was watching an episode, and I see Nelson Nash. <laughs> and I'm hearing the voice, and I kind of just went, is that Seth Green? No, nah, that can't be Seth Green. That's friggin' Kenny from Can't Hardly Wait, yo. I had to look it up. I'm like, oh it is him. <laughs> yeah, Seth Green as Nelson Nash, yep. Uh, um, uh, Lauren Tom as Dana Tan. Uh, St- uh, see, here's the interesting thing um, with this series. Stockard Channing was Barbara Gordon uh, on the show, but she didn't or wasn't able to do Return of the Joker, so they got Angie Harmon. And then Angie took over in the show from 2000 to 2001. Um, I like Stockard Channing in the beginning part of the series, but once Angie took over, yeah, the movie it was like, okay, yes, I know that's an old ass Barbara Gordon on the screen, but damn, Angie Harmon is hot in real life. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, and she's got that super sexy uh, smoker's voice. Um, absolutely amazing. Uh, all right. Other cast members. Um, Olivia Dabo was Melanie Walker. The only time I've ever seen her on screen, I believe, was her run on Law and Order Criminal Intent when she was, um, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's, uh, Robert Gorin's, um, uh, adversary. Okay. Um, then you need to go watch, uh, Greedy. It's with uh, I, Michael J. Fox. I, okay, I know where I. Yeah, I've, I've seen Greedy. <laughs> I remember Greedy. Um, another interesting thing here is they would go back after this series and get Carl Lumley again, but Carl Lumley shows up here as the stalker. Most people will remember him not only from Aliases as uh, as Dixon in the live-action show with Jennifer Gardner, but he is the voice of the Martian Manhunter, John Jones, in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Wasn't he also Martian Manhunter on Smallville? Mm, No, that was. But maybe I'm wrong. No, that Martian Manhunter on Smallville was, um... Oh, God. Um, Phil Morris. uh, Phil, uh, the guy that voices Vandal Savage. Phil Morris, I believe. Okay. Morris, Norris, one of those people. Yeah. Um, of course, all I can think of is Phil Lamar, and I know that's not right. <laughs> no, no, that's not, no, 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 no. Um, but no, um, overall, Batman Beyond, absolutely amazing. Um, Return of the Joker just kicked so much ass. Oh my god. I gotta say that. That's all I... <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they intentionally went, like, do, during the series... They intentionally tried not to just do Mr. Freeze Beyond, you know, Clayface Beyond. Even though Ink is somewhat a little bit like Clayface, she still is her own unique villain. I would say False Face would be closer towards Clayface, though. Right, but yeah, kind of. Um, 
the thing is, if you're looking at it in just the DCAU, it's more so Clayface-like with the way that her ink works yeah. and everything else. Yeah. I mean, look at... Um, I'm trying to think what, what Clayface episode has him spitting out Batman. There, There's an episode of Batman Beyond where she basically dumps her... I think it's the very first episode that she's in, or the second episode maybe where she dumps her entire body into the bat suit, into Terry's mouth, and he has to basically puke her up. Or she engulfs him, and he has to basically rocket jet out of her. Yeah. And I, I've got an image of it somewhere. I'll have to grab it for you, but because um, you're probably going to have to put a lot of pictures in this post, because oh, holy yeah. crap, <laughs> I've got so many awesome pictures. Um, and it's one of those things where, okay, sure, uh, Derek Powers slash Blight, who is really the main antagonist for the first season. Uh, you know, technically, Terry had a hand in creating him because Terry um, threw the the canister of the of the gas at him. But let's face it, Mister Fix killed killed his dad. And, you know, and he thought it was Powers that had, you know, obviously it came from Powers because Powers ordered Mr. <laughs> Mr. Fix to kill uh, uh, Warren McGinnis. But um, Batman throws the canister at Blight, uh, not uh, at Powers, and Powers does the stupid thing. And instead of dodging out of the way, he shoots the fucking thing. Yes. And, and turns himself into Blight, really. But um, uh, when you were watching Rebirth, did you notice anything about Mr. Fix? Oh my. Oh my. It's friggin' George Takei. He shows up in some of the strangest places. I love the guy. He's amazing. Even though I wasn't really a fan of the original Star Trek that much, I was more of a Next Generation fan. Um, I still love Sulu from that series, and I love George Takei because the dude shows up. He has been... um, he he was Mr. Fix in this. He was in an episode, uh, and I know people might crucify me for this. I don't care. I like the show. It's it's funny. He was in an episode of uh, Sweet Life on Deck, which is the Zach and uh, the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody spinoff series uh, with Dylan and and Cole Sprouse, the the the, the Big Daddy twins. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, he was in an episode of that. He was the voice of two, I think, two different Alpha Trions for two different Transformers series. Um, And he has an amazing presence online. Oh, yeah. The dude is just hilarious. Go to his Facebook page. Go to his Twitter page. uh, Comedy after comedy after comedy. Well, Uh, one of my favorite things with him, and it was he had a very small role in this, and and I'll probably get crucified for liking this here because I know (laughs) the show. Uh, he was uh, Hiro Nakamura's father on the TV series Heroes. Oh, yeah. Oh, and it was it was hilarious because like there's you know Hero is kind of just supposed to be this comic relief in some in some cases, and then you see him and he's talking to his son from basically beyond the grave through a DVD to him, and he's like talking and he's saying, "You did this. Go get the sword from here," and and you know he goes and he gets the sword and he's like, "Oh." Don't cut yourself on it. <laughs> yeah. He's like talking all this yeah. stuff and just like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to mention one thing that I, I happened to see as I was looking through the cast list on this. Mm-hmm. Aqua Girl, who shows up in this. 
<laughs> None other than, oh, wait, that's right. She's done another under the sea role Little Mermaid. <laughs> Miss Jody Benson. <laughs> yep. I saw that. I started laughing. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Makes sense, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one that did get me was False Face, Townsend Coleman, you know, one of the Ninja Turtles being False Face. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they got um, they got uh, Michael and Sarah back for, for Mr. Freeze and Meltdown now. Um, Michael and Sarah has since passed away, which is very sad as well. Um, but that was really awesome. And if you look at... <coughs> if you look at the the track Mr. Freeze has had in the DCAU, he's, they really, the writers, when they, when they said they were going to create an all new origin for him and put him on it, on the path to becoming, uh, the best Mr. Freeze version ever, they weren't kidding, but they really, they like prime, you know, prime season, you know, uh, Transformers G1 prime season three zombied us several times because yeah. there was a point in BTAS where, um, his wife got better. I believe it was off screen. She got better, but she rejected him. And then he became this spider thing. And we, then after that, we never heard from him again until now. And it, oh man, I, this is the first DC animated universe version of Mr. Freeze is the first and only version of that character I've ever really cared, like really cared about at all. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, when you talk about Mr. Freeze in general, he, mm-hmm. it, with Batman, uh, Batman the Animated Series, they made him kind of a, <laughs> you know, pun intended, they made him more of a warm character despite the fact that he was freezing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I mean, people actually felt sorry for him with all the shit that he went through. Mm-hmm. You know, his he goes through all the cryogenic BS. His wife is frozen and when she finally comes back out she wants nothing to do with him you know and then Mm -hmm. here he's this hideous spider head you know this head on a spider body that he's running around with and it just like creeped me the fuck out (laughs) oh no yeah it did i mean it it absolutely did um uh, let's see uh you know uh, what is so interesting about this show is how over three seasons they focused on three very like Season one is all stuff dealing with the corporate world for the most part. Yeah. Because you have the whole you have the whole Derek Powers blight thing in the background. Season two is basically a giant animated version of Saved by the Bell without any of the Saved by the Bell aspects to it because all the villains from season two, most of them come from having to deal with Hamilton Hamilton ugh, Hamilton Hills High School. So because all the season two villains come out of the high school. Like, um, you want a really trippy episode to watch? Watch uh, Terry's friend dates a robot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I remember seeing that originally when it first was out. Yep, yep. Um, and then season three kind of, it, it dealt with, it still dealt with stuff from the high school, but it basically was like, hey, Terry's grown into this role because... I believe Return of the Joker takes place um, between either season one, season two, or season three, season uh, season two, season three. Uh, let's see. 
Return of the Joker aired. When did that air? When did that come out? That was released uh, December 12th, 2000, and season three. Okay, so it happens. I don't know when season three was in production, um, but it Return of the Joker happens in between um, Betrayal and Curse of the Cobra Part 1 and Season 3. So it happens, the the events of Return of the Joker were the chronologically, chronologically as far as how the series was produced, it happened uh, between Season 2 and Season 3. So, um, but Return of the Joker, let's let's talk about that, because, oh, oh my yes. God. Yeah. I was, uh, I, I was shocked as hell when I saw this. You know, I mean, <laughs> we, see the, we see the Joker's... Well, the the Neo Jokers, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. the gang. The new Jokers, yeah. yeah. The gang, yeah. And they're trying to steal, you know, they're trying to steal stuff. And I didn't understand why they were trying to steal stuff at first, because it really wasn't very clear, which was, I was fine with. I'm kind of like, okay, hopefully they'll expand on this, because, you know, it's an hour and a half, two hours long. I'm mm-hmm. see something of the reason why. Yeah. And, you know, the, the quips that were going on, the guys that were showing up there, I was kind of like, okay. The the two girls, I you know, Dee Dee... Mm-hmm. I love them. They were just like, I kept looking at it. I'm going, man, they're just, they made me, they kind of made me laugh. They were, they were basically, I, I kept thinking, oh, they're Harley Quinn. You know, they're, they're the new Harley Quinn mm-hmm. in here. And I'm kind of like, okay. And, you know, I, I'm watching it and going, it's going to get better. It's going to get more interesting. And then when we see the actual Joker show up, I'm like, how did Joker last? <laughs> you know, and, and I'll let you go on more so with that. Oh my god! Okay, well, first of all, the DD twins. Um, again, commentaries from the DVD sets. I heard that Bruce Tim and Paul Dini uh, had had some sort of old Raggedy Ann designs that they wanted to use, and that's the design, like a futuristic Raggedy Ann doll. That's the design for the DD twins. The DD twins are also. Go ahead. <laughs> Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Clarissa explains it all. It is Melissa Joan Hart doing the voice for both twins. No wonder I thought the voice was hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay, so we've got um, so we've got the DD twins and we've got the Return of the Joker and um, the cool the greatest thing about this movie is how it brings you in with that first action scene. Yeah. And then it slows down for the black background, white credit, white text credit scene. That was amazing how they did that because they ramped you up with all this action, and then they took you through a you know feature length credit scene, um, you know of of all the credits and all the voices and the oh my god we you know after we talk about I got I got to talk about the music in this series oh, after yeah. we talk about this film because oh my god the music in this series is amazing. Oh, um, so we then, you know, we get to the Joker, we see that he's still around and, you know, we don't know how, we don't know why, um, we see him, you know, uh, you know, come up to Bruce and, you know, hello, Gotham Joker's back in town, you know, and he does his laugh and everything else and. Um, I, I I think that was the one moment that they allowed Hamill to do the 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 maniacal uh, New Adventures Joker voice because yeah. the rest of the time he is sinister 
dark. Oh my god. Oh, he he. Um, but you know, he needed to kind of be there because that way we could make the attachment. We could make the connection yep. between this old Joker that we used to see running around all the time and now this mm-hmm. new one. Yeah, and 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 the look on Bruce's face when he sees the it's like no, and we don't know. We don't know exactly what happened because it isn't really like at first it isn't told and then it, it you know, and then it's t- that flashback. Oh my god. Oh. That flashback uh, you know, um, you know. That the boy held out long enough and then he started telling secrets, secrets that are mine alone to know, Bruce. It's true, yeah. Patsy. Under all that, you know. Oh my God, I'm I'm so putting those lines. Oh my yeah. God, it's so. The the flashback is so amazing because we don't know, and I honestly have no idea how the hell Harley survived that fall. Neither do I. No idea. Neither. And I, I I still don't care how she did or she, you know, um, because she shows up at the end. Because <laughs> you're right. She's she's their grandmother. Um, I, I love that, and she's like giving them hell, you know. These little scamps. Yes. After all, I've put. You, and it seems to be that 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 Harley had gone straight in her old age. Yes. So, you know, I'm kind of wondering what what happened there. Um, so this whole thing with the Joker and him being back, and we also see an old Tim Drake. We yeah. see an old. <laughs> you know, like this. We see an old Sam, because technically, Tim Drake is, he's quantum leaping all over the place. (laughs) It's Dean Stockwell as the voice of old Tim Drake. Yep. And it is awesome. So, now, you saw the uncut version, right? Um, I think so. I'm not sure. You saw saw the version where, where young... Young Joker Jr. shoots Joker, right? Yes. Okay, they watered it down for TV because the censors and the boards and practices and whatever else said, um, yeah, that's a little too... Mm. Oh, man. In the TV version, now this is the first version I saw. I didn't get to see the uncut version at first. I saw the broadcast version. Joker electrocutes himself. <laughs> There's a bunch... Because the water that came in, he's standing in water. He he pulls a switch and he electrocutes himself. Is how uh. he is how he dies. Um, uh, so we get the um, so we get the revelation that you know he had his DNA implanted on a microchip, which I then implanted into Bird Boy's bird brain. And he's been, uh, you know, asleep, uh, you know, all along. And it, it's, I gotta say, the producers of this show and of this movie have real, like, they must have real heavy influence in Tron because, a lot going back and and thinking about this now, and you know, while we've been doing this episode, I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of Tron in this show. Oh yeah, there is. <laughs> Oh yeah, there is. Um, Especially if you've seen any of, um, not Legacy, uh, the the old the, the, the original Tron. Well, the original Tron, and then the there was the animated Uprising. Series. Thank you. Yeah, Uprising. Yeah. Um. So, another scene that I absolutely love from the movie is how how Bruce advises Terry, you know. Joker's vain. He likes to talk. 
power on through and you know he's basically telling terry to do what he did mm. and terry realizes hey wait i like to talk too yes <laughs> and he starts talking back to him and it's something that the that the that the real batman never he never talked to the joker that's probably why he was so fixated on him and well and he kind of snaps too because he's got you know he starts laughing at him and making fun of him and mm-hmm. batman never did that and it was yeah He's like, no, no, this isn't right. You're not supposed to laugh yeah. at me. Yeah, and he was like, well, he's like, well, what are you doing fighting dirty? Batman would never, I told you, you didn't know me. And it's like, oh, my God, it's so awesome. Yes. Uh, just... It's so very, so very awesome. And just dark. I mean, like, you know, I remember seeing this yeah. like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So they struggle for this 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 joy buzzer, and um, the joy buzzer eventually goes into some wiring and basically activates the satellite. So instead of you know going to Gotham Hospital where where you know where Dana's recuperating or going to the home of Mrs. Mary McGinnis, it you know Joker's like, oh great, the beam because he thinks it's over. The beam's headed here, and, and this is obviously before the battle. I just ta- we, we just talked about right. It's like, oh great, the beam's headed here. Well, that's it. That you know, and then uh, Terry's like, you know, let's go, bozo. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, he's you know, and it's oh my god, I I know I'm all over the place with this movie, but I think, and I've I've actually where um. We're actually going to be doing this uh, coming up in a couple of weeks here on the show. Um, and again, this is your show. I'm not trying to take over, but just to give people a, a heads up, we are doing uh, we're we going to be doing a He-Man Shira show episode. Yep. And we're also going to be doing for the first time ever on this podcast a commentary on Secret of the Sword. I honestly think we also need to do a commentary on Return of the Joker because oh my god! You know, I'm uh, beginning to think that here. I. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I want to go because I have a friend of mine who wants to come in at some point, and she wants to do. Uh, she and her husband want to do uh, Batman, the uh, the Michael 89. Keaton, yeah, the '89 Michael Keaton one. So yep. we'll have to have them on and, and coordinate something and see if we can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so all right, so I think we're gonna take another quick break. You're gonna hear some awesome audio. I, I think this is where I'm gonna put Superstitious Cowardly Lot. And we'll be back after this because we've got other stuff we have to talk about since the show actually ended. Yes. <laughs> it's Batman! I'm Batman, damn it! Hey guys, Jeremy Fine over at Hunter Cowcast Podcast. Never question it ever. Nor do I question on uh, talking about getting on the wrong bus, so to speak, as I was um, leaving work today and uh, heading towards my car at the parking lot this bus just stopped right in front of me and uh, two nice guards are taking me to arkham asylum <laughs> uh no seriously uh thunderstorm hit the clock tower i mean uh, the generator that's not too far from me um any case what do i feel about batman beyond you know here's the thing it's always been a mixed bag and i don't want to bash the series for me, I'm old school, and I grew up reading Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns, and I wish I was on that Dark Knight Returns discussion because it's a graphic novel I can never shut up about. If you ever discuss the movie, 
you know, maybe I can appear on that sometime, but I've always found it fascinating what would happen if Alfred did die, because, you know, I won't spoil Dark Knight Returns, well, I guess I kind of did spoil Dark Knight Returns, but, yeah, I mean, Alfred dies from a stroke, um, after he blows up Wayne Manor, um, we all thought that he was going to die in uh, death of the family, but um, I guess in Batman Beyond he dies of old age, and yeah, Bruce becomes a new Alfred, and you know Terry McGinnis becomes the new Bruce Wayne, or maybe the new Jason Todd or Tim Drake. I don't know; it's hard to tell. Um, have nothing bad to say about Terry McGinnis. Never have, never will. The only problem I had with the series. This is why I'm going to get a lot of heat, and I don't mean to open up the elephant's wound. Is the Batman Beyond Return of the Joker movie. Now, put down the torches and pitchforks and hear me out. I think if you're going to move forward, you can't keep taking two steps back. Now, in the Batman universe, has always been interesting. Because in Batman, I guess, if you pick the movie or the comic book, or the TV show, yeah, there's a lot of um, past uh, references going on, like what Bruce Wayne or the other characters like in their past, but the past is in the past. If you're going to do something like Batman Beyond, then to me that's telling me you're moving forward. And this kind of ticks me off when you have the Joker come back in the Batman Beyond universe, because telling me that you have to bring an old school villain into a new universe. Now, I love the story. I love the story to death. But there's a time where you got to let go. And Batman can't fight the Joker every week. And I said this even with any Batman situation. Anytime you keep putting the Joker in, you're taken away from the other villains where it's like if you don't have Joker, nobody's going to want to read that comic book. Nobody's going to want to see that movie. Nobody's going to watch that show. That's just me. Were there interesting villains in Batman Beyond? I like to think so. Does Batman Beyond hold up? I think that it does. Otherwise, we wouldn't stop talking about it, you know, from the time that it aired. It's on Netflix instant. I have it. I'm not removing it from my queue. Do I have a favorite episode? You know, I just said a couple minutes ago about Joker, but... Mr. Freeze, it doesn't bother me that he's in Meltdown, because I guess there was a sense of closure, because um, Cold Comfort kind of uh, bugged a few people in Season 4 of uh, BTAS. But, um, all in all, what do I think of Beyond? You know, it tried, and it still tries, and I'm glad that it's going to find its way in New 52, if I'm not too mistaken. And uh, don't get me wrong, because there are so many books and everything going on with New 52, it drives, you know, me batty it. But as long as they keep trying to push Batman Beyond in any way, shape, or form, I'm down for it. I'd see a Batman Beyond movie. I have no problem with it. But um, the role gallery for me... There were a couple interesting villains. It was a great voice cast. I mean, you know, you have Andrea Romano as, you know, voice director. You know, 
enough said and Bruce Tim and Paul Nini behind the wheel and Kevin Conroy playing older Bruce Wayne you know but um, there were times I felt that um, the tread was coming off the tire not all the time you know but just sometimes and I, and I definitely put this in the time capsule I think you know people would want to say is there going to be life after Batman and I think Beyond proves that but, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely, because, you know what, I think there was that episode in uh, Justice League, or Justice League Unlimited, with um, that epilogue episode, with Amanda Waller talking to an older Terry McGinnis, I think she said something along the lines that, um, you know, world without Batman is inexcusable, so that's how I feel, other than that, I can see that the uh, bus is pulling up to the gates of Arkham, so till next time, same babble bad time, same babble bad channel, or podcast, whatever floats your boat. Toodles! <laughs> Technical difficulties. Let's move on, shall we? I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Batman. Batman! Batman! A song the good folks sing. Song the good folks sing. Batman, about a hero on the wing. Hero on the wing. Batman. I am Gotham's darkest night, the villain's darkest fright. Turn on the signal light for Batman. Batman. Lighten up, it's your birthday. Don't remind me. Good work, Cape Crusader. Once again, you've saved our fair city from those vile miscreants. They were no problem, Commissioner. For as we all know, criminals are... A superstitious, cowardly lot. They plan and plot, but they always get caught. Their evil schemes all come to naught. A superstitious, cowardly lot. It took me weeks to get tickets for this show. It's Shway. It's Schwarbage. Excuse me. One side, please. Move! A superstitious, cowardly lot. They plan and plot, but they always get caught. Their evil schemes all come to naught. A superstitious... All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we are back here on Talking About My Generation. Now, did you watch in order the way I told you to watch Justice League? Um, well, yes and no. I mean, I, I see, here's the thing is that as long as you watch Panic in the Sky, Divided We Fall, and then, uh, um, not Ascension, Alive and Destroyer, as long as you watch those four episodes before you watch Epilogue, that's all that matters. Not all of them in that order. Ah, you idiot. I know, I know. I was trying to get to it, and I was, what, what happened was I was trying to watch Return of the Joker. And then go and pick up on Epilogue, and that confused the hell out of me at first, because I, I first off, I thought Epilogue was part of Batman Beyond. No, it was an afterthought. It would be What happened was, they thought at the end of the first season of Justice League Unlimited, they thought they were not going to get picked up. 
So they're like, okay, well let's let's end cap it. Okay. Let's 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 put a period on the DCAU. And then they got picked up for thirteen more. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's very weird to me seeing the Justice League Unlimited opening on what is essentially a very Batman Beyond centric episode. Yeah. Um, but I don't mind it. I've gotten used to it. I've gotten over it. Um, but we basically start sixty-five years in the future. And this is so this, where the whole joke with you going on about Toomcast Gun came from. 65 years in the future, yep. For the longest time, I had no idea. <laughs> yep, 65 years in the future came from Epilogue, because we see a very, very old Amanda Waller. Uh, we see a uh, 30-something, 30, 30, mid-30s, early 40-something Terry McGinnis. And Terry breaks into the you know, the home of the great and powerful Amanda Waller, and he needs answers because Bruce isn't going to give them to him or can't give them to him. And she tells him about Project Batman Beyond, and going about creating a new Batman, and, you know, found a compatible Neo-Gotham couple who had, you know, personality similarities to Bruce's original, you know, Bruce's parents, uh, Thomas and Martha. And, right. But, you know, you know, creating, a, you know, finding the parents and injecting his father with, you know, a... a, a a nano copy of, of Bruce's DNA it wasn't the only part. You also have to, you know, have tragedy happen to put somebody on a path to becoming Batman. But uh, her assassin would not do it because her assassin is Andrea Beaumont, Mask of the Phantasm. That's who it was. I was I, I was wanting to say Red Hood. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's it's Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, because Andrea said, you know, Bruce Wayne, people say he's, he's crazy. He's, he's nuts. And then, and then Terry's reply to that is, but my, my dad ended up murdered anyway. Yeah. And it's just amazing. We get to see this whole thing play out in in a flashback with Ace and showing you the true side of Bruce Wayne, but you know, really the, the side that very few people ever rarely see, um, and it is revealed in this that Terry is his son, which I can only assume that Matt is also. So, and I know we we didn't really touch too much on on Terry's family in the main discussion of the podcast, but uh, Terry's brother Matt. Everybody says that he's annoying. He's not as annoying as, at least to me, he's not as annoying as everyone else seems to make him out to be because. Throughout the entire series, he loves Batman. He thinks Batman is great. Of course, he doesn't realize his brother is Batman, but, you know. Um, he was he was kind of like just a little twerp of a brother who everybody was like, oh, my God, he's his little brother. He's got to be annoying. But he really wasn't that annoying. He's kind of like, you know, you could see that Terry kind of loved him as a brother, you know, but well, just yeah. as, a, as a, you know, hey, you're a pain in the ass type thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's really, that's really how I saw him anyway. Yeah. Um, but no, um... Uh, epilogue was was amazing because epilogue because like I said they thought it was going to be the end and they ended it the way it started yeah with that, that final scene um, bef- after we, we get Bruce telling him about you know Kent wanted your opinion on something whatever else Terry flies off as Batman up through Gotham past a police helicopter 
Um, and it mirrors le- uh, the beginning of On Leather Wings from BTAS. Yeah, I was going to say that because I was like, I remember seeing the blimp being there with the lights coming down and like them flying past that. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a lot like that. <laughs> yep, very much so. Just, they did such a good job on this series. I mean, yeah, I, I can't really say too much about it. I mean, I, I know we have to talk about the music. We have to talk. Oh my God, yes. Christopher Carter, Melina Romanis, and Michael McQuistian, um, all amazing, amazing composers. Uh, you know, I have the original 99 soundtrack from the show. I'm hoping that La La Land Records will put out a new version of this, a more complete version of this, like what they've done with the Batman the Animated Series music and the Superman the Animated Series music. I also have the Return of the Joker soundtrack. And oh my god, hearing that music out, hearing the track that you hear during the when Bruce meets the Joker, hearing that track, it's the track is actually called Meet the Joker. That music is so damn eerie. Oh yeah, it is. By itself. Um, have you listened to any of that stuff? Not yet, partly because I've been listening to a lot of podcasts other, other than this, so I've been trying to get to that, and I'll probably actually throw that on my iPod and start listening to it here this week. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it's amazing. It really, really is. Um, you know, those those composers, the, the, the dynamic music partners, they do such amazing work, and oh. Batman Beyond was so well. Like, what I love about the music in this show is not only is it using, it's not just using the, it basically jumped, I wouldn't say it jumped the shark, but it, basically jumped from the classical music uh to you know new age rock and 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 metal and yeah that and the electronica the techno yeah it's so and i'm not really a fan of techno music but in this show absolutely amazing because what is so great about it is they work in the original like when Bruce says "Welcome to my world," that ending note is his original theme kind of music from yeah. the old series. And any any and when I when I interviewed them, they said, "Yeah, any any time Bruce was on screen, we used the original music." Um, you know, it, every little cue that they did for this series that. Just amazing, really, honestly, is so amazing. Um, the other thing I want to talk about over the years, there have been several Batman Beyond comics. Return of the Joker is in comic form. It's it's not as good as the movie, well, but it's okay. You got the um, comics code, so of course they're going to have to tone down some stuff. Well, yeah, but see, here here's my problem with with comics that translate from film to comic. Uh, sometimes the writers might want to adapt. Like, the biggest one I can think of is the Transformers, the animated movie comic based on the 86 film. There's extra words after certain lines in the film, mm-hmm. in the comic. And it's like, no, that was never friggin'. Just take the damn co- take the damn movie script Put it into comic form. Don't add stuff to it. Yeah. Um, you know, in... Uh, let me see here. Let me pull all this up. Um, so we've had... Uh, there was 99 to 2001 uh, based on the hit animated series. Uh, 
there is uh, several comics uh, running here for this uh, as one series. Uh, there's another one um, that was just in 99 that was a six-issue miniseries. Uh, there was one called Batman Beyond 2010, which is also a six-issue miniseries. That's, I think that's the Hush Beyond story. Uh, so that was pretty interesting. There's um, one from 2011 that was a eight-issue miniseries, but most recently there has been um, Batman Beyond 2012 to 2013. Now this is where uh, where I picked it up in comic form. Uh, I actually have the first trade. I need to get the second one, but it's basically um, it starts off. It's somewhere, be and, and that's the beauty about this, this 2012, 2013, and 2013 to now series. It starts off somewhere um, in between Return, the events of Return of the Joker and Epilogue. Oh. So it's, advent, if you, so you didn't get to watch Destroyer at all. No. For Justice League. Destroyer at the end basically is... Um, you know, Wonder Woman says, and the adventure continues. And after they let the bad guys go, you know, they give them a five-minute head start. Then they go chase them. You see all the Justice Leaguers running down the stairs, and you that they're focused on. Anyway, so it takes place between somewhere between because it takes place. This new series takes place in the DCAU. It takes place somewhere between the events of Return of the Joker, Destroyer. And in between Destroyer and an epilogue, and the first, um, the first uh, twenty-nine digital chapters, the first basically uh, nineteen print issues are one, you know the first thirteen are actually one whole trade called uh, Ten Thousand Clowns, and it's about this new Joker King. Uh, it's very very interesting. Then the second half of it is. Um, uh, it, it the second half of it, the last issue introduces a Batgirl beyond. It doesn't really, it doesn't really go too far with her because they then relaunched it last year with Batman Beyond 2.0, and 2.0 has Kyle Higgins as writer, and Kyle Higgins is just like us. Grew up on the DCIU, loves it. His first arc centered on, um, um. His first arc centered on, I can't think of what, um, it was, uh, God, why can't I think of this? Damn it. Um, it was the, um, was it the Man-Bat arc. Um, I, I just, I, I have to look here really quick because it's, it's, no bugging, it's bugging the crap out of me. Um, his first arc, basically, it focuses on... It focuses on the mayor and and Gotham, Neo Gotham in the future, and it focuses on a on a jailbreak. And what happens is we have this new villain called, um, oh, what's his damn name? Uh, Rewire. And Rewire, it, it, it's it's it starts off so well, and it. I, I know I'm stumbling over my words here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so sorry. It's it's hard. even though I have it pulled up, it's kind of hard for me to explain. But um, 
basically the rewire arc is is eight issues, and then we go into the arc with um, there's an arc with uh, Kirk Langstrom. They bring in from on leather wings. They bring in Man Bat from the original animated series in the future, Ooh. and they and they expand on his story from the original DCAU. And it is a really, really good story. There is a, actually a, um, a one-shot uh, that focuses on solely on Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon and how their history is played out in the DCAU and what's going on with them now. And right now we're in the middle of uh, Justice Lords of Gotham, the huge crossover between Batman Beyond and uh, Justice League Beyond 2.0 where the two books cross over for the first time. And... Did you ever see the Justice League episode, uh, A Better World? I probably did, because I've, I've been trying to slowly watch Justice League. Uh, I'm trying to think of which one Better World is. Is that the... That's it's the two-parter where, the, where Lord Superman kills... Where Superman kills Lex in office. You know, I think I saw that... I, I think I saw the last half of that in, okay. on, when it was running on Cartoon Network. Okay, uh, but that's it. basically the basically the new arc takes place after that storyline in the animated series, um, and it, it's so good because it because you have Terry crossing over to the Justice Lords timeline, and then the Justice Lords come to our timeline. Um, but yeah, no, it's so so very. The Batman Beyond comics right now are so very very good. They they just are absolutely amazing. Well, sounds like I'm gonna have to spend some money on that if I can. <laughs> you can get the first trade. Uh, I don't know how much it would probably be. I actually have it here in my hand. You can get it for sixteen ninety nine US at at comic shops everywhere. You might have to order it online. The second trade that is the second part of this first arc. Um, it's called Batgirl Beyond. Um, that's also out now. So you can get the first two trades of the first part of the series, and then they have not done trades for Kyle's run yet. Okay. I don't know when they will be doing it, but you can get the, at least the first two to, to, to catch up because you don't really need the first two, but if you want to you know, start from the beginning, um, I would say get the first two because you can jump on with Kyle's stuff. It, it's, it takes place. Oh, that's what it was. Kyle's story takes place one year after the events of Joker Night. If you really want to to understand what the hell happened in Joker Night, you're going to need those first two trades. Okay. I probably will end up picking them up then. <laughs> Sounds like I'm going to be running up to the comic book store up the street tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but no, Batman Beyond. Absolutely love it. I, you know, this is still one of my favorites. I... I... I never thought I was going to like it as for as well as I did, you know. Like mm-hmm. I said, because I always thought, oh, you know, it, it's an old version of it. People just shouldn't be doing that. And I kept thinking, okay, this is just going to be, you know, it, it's going to be old. Mm-hmm. And then I started watching it and again. Like I said before, it got better, yeah. and it oh, proceeded yeah. to get better. And just the fact that the writing was not aimed for kids. I mean, you know, it was, but it was aimed more for the teen audience, the, the, you know, and it just hooked me. And I was like, Oh, I got to keep watching this. You know, I'm in my twenties and I'm going, I'm hooked. This is what stuff should be. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh, I think we can close it out. 
yeah, we'll go ahead and close it out here. I do want to thank everybody for listening to Talking About My Generation. Uh, I will ask everybody, please go leave some feedback on iTunes for us. Let us know what you think. You know, Give us five stars if you think we were great. If you thought we sucked, give us one star, please. Tell us why you give us a one star. Uh, I will also ask here, since I am still giving away the Batman action figure that I have from 2004 from Comic-Con. Uh, it is a limited edition Comics-Con. It was a Comic-Con uh, Wizard World exclusive that I had. And it's still unopened. I have no idea what it looks like other than I know it's a Batman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are looking to try and get 100 likes on our Facebook page at Talking About My Generation. So we do ask, please go there and like it if you have not already. Tell all your friends so that they can go and like it. Anybody who's a Batman fan, tell them to go and like it. Because we'll give this away <laughs> absolutely free. That's all you got to do is just go and like the page. Yeah. Uh, so we'll go ahead and we'll do that. Uh, you know, we do have some other things that are coming up here. Uh, like I said, we're going to have Batman. Uh, we're going to talk about the Batman 89 movie at some point in time here in the near future. Uh, we're going to be doing Masters of the Universe and, and Secret of the Sword here. Uh, we're going to do some commentary stuff just all over the place for some of it. And, you know, we're trying some new things. So tell us what you guys think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, Mike, and you know, I'll let you go ahead and close out since I know you've got some stuff coming up with GeekCast Radio Network. Um, as of this episode's airing, we just started our Batman Spotlight Month in the poll bag. Uh, 13 podcasts, one month. Yay. Um, covering all manner of Batman comics from Dark Knight Returns to uh, Batman Year One to The Killing Joke to Beware the Batman, the new series that had a comic side part to it, uh, to um, the new 52 Batman stuff. Uh, very, very awesome. We're also running uh, our five-year contest. You can go to the website for details on that. We're looking for anyone who has listened to us in the past five years that we've been online uh, to write in to feedback at geekcastradio.com to tell us how we've affected you over the past five years. Or you can also give us uh, iTunes reviews on any of our podcasts. Uh, If you search geekcast, all one word, geekcast, and then space radio, there's no actual word space, but the space bar radio, um, if you search Geekcast Radio on iTunes, you can pretty much find all of our shows. Uh, but yeah, we've we've got a ton of stuff coming up for year five. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it, sir. Yep. All right, well, we'll go ahead and close this out. Uh, Mike, I'm assuming that you're going to have Crystal Method uh, performing oh. the theme song at some point in time in here. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I think we're going to close out with the Joker. Okay, that works for me. (laughs) A disgrace to the name Joker. Why, in my day... Arkham. The asylum had been moved to a newer high-security building. The old building had been partially demolished and hung open like a rotting wound. I'll break you in two. (laughs) Batman, if you had the guts for that kind of fun, you would have done it years ago. I on the other hand, you've lost Batman. Robin is mine. The last sound you hear will be our laughter.
Here you go, sonny boy. Make daddy proud. Deliver the punchline. <laughs> who knew what happened that night was my father, the first Commissioner Gordon. He promised to keep our secret. With his last act of cruelty, the Joker had tainted us all with compromise and deception. Lovely playroom. You getting this, Wayne? I see it. You keep your eyes open for the Joker. Tim. Get up, Drake. Uh, what? Who is it? Where's the Joker? Joker? Drop the act. I know you're working with him. No, Joker's gone. I don't know where he is, really. The suit sensors aren't picking up any pulse fluctuations. He's telling the truth. I don't do this anymore. I have a home and family. I gave this up years ago. Kid stuff, that's all it was. He may be telling the truth, but he's still whacked. Fun and games. Boy wonder playing the hero, fighting the bad guys, and no one ever gets... Oh, God. I killed him. I didn't mean to. I tried so hard to forget, but I still hear the shot. Still see his dead smile. Every night the dreams get stronger. He's there when I sleep, whispering, laughing, telling me I'm just as bad as he is. We're both the same. I'm calling an ambulance. No, I'm all right. Forgive me, Terry. Old nasty memories twisting inside me like bad oysters. Nothing, really. I'm perfectly fine now. How do you know my name? There's nothing about you I don't know, bat fake. Terry! Have a time out, kid. Can't let you spoil a party too soon. And Bruce, I'm sure you've got your monkey boy wired somehow. That's just peachy, because I want you to see every minute of this. It's a killer. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
I get tired of that. Drake? You're the Joker? <laughs> that flabby oaf doesn't even realize I'm using him as a timeshare. Beneath this puckish exterior lies the mind of a genius, years ahead of my time. In the weeks young Robin was under my tutelage, I used him as the subject of my greatest experiment. Utilizing cutting-edge genetics technology, which I had pinched here and there, I encoded my DNA on a microchip and set it into Bird Boy's bird brain. Here. Everything that was me has been asleep and all comfy and cozy inside Tim Drake's subconscious. At first, I had to limit the time I spent in Drake's body. He's not aware of what I do, chalking up any lingering memories to bad dreams. If his family misses him, I simply call wifey and tell her, I'm working late, honey. The changes come at will now, and soon I'll be strong enough to live in this body permanently. Mr. Chase on the rebound, baby! My comeback party's gonna set the whole town on fire! I make ground zero. Gotham General, where our hero's dear little Dana is recuperating, or here, in the happy garden of Mrs. Mary McGuinness. I always think it adds resonance to a hero's mission to have some defining element of tragedy in his background, don't you? Ah, but the one and only kickoff point must be Stately Wayne Manor. Gone in a flash, before Brucey can hobble to safety or mount a rescue. Don't worry, though. I'll be hitting those other spots soon enough. Adios, Brucey. I guess I should salute you as a worthy adversary and all that, but the truth is, I really did hate your guts. <laughs> what about it, kid? Any last words for the old bat fart? Yeah, sick him. Ace, here. Attaboy. headed here. Now I'll have to start all over again. Thanks for wrecking everything, kid. See you around. Hold it! Oh, wise up, Junior. Game's over! I'm taking you in. Right. You're out of your league, McGinnis. 
I know every trick the original Batman and Robin knew at their peak. Maybe. But you don't know a thing about me. You? What's to know? You're a punk! A rank amateur! A costumed errand boy taking orders from a senile old man. Still, if it's a woman you're a-wantin'... That's right. Better to run and save yourself. It's about your speed. Let's dance, Bozo. He's tough. Any suggestions, boss? Joker's vain and likes to talk. He'll try to distract you, but don't listen. Block it out and power on through. Wait. I like to talk, too. What are you doing? Fighting dirty. The real Batman would never... Told you you didn't know me. Funny guy. Can't say the same for you. Impudent brat. Who you think you're talking to? Not a comedian, I'll tell you that. Shut your mouth! The real Batman never talked to you much, did he? That's probably why you were so fixated on him. Don't play psychoanalyst with me, boy! Oh, I don't need a degree to figure you out. The real reason you kept coming back was you never got a laugh out of the old man. I'm not hearing this! Get a clue, clowny. He's got no sense of humor. He wouldn't know a good joke if it bit him in the cape. Not that you ever had a good joke. Shut up. SHUT UP! I mean, joy buzzers, squirting flowers, lame. Where's the A material? Make a face, drop your pants, something! Show yourself! You make me laugh. But only because I think you're kind of pathetic. <laughs> Stop that! <laughs> so you fell in a tank of acid, got your skin bleached, and then decided to become a supervillain. What? You couldn't get work as a rodeo clown? <laughs> Don't you dare laugh at me! <laughs> Why? I thought the Joker always wanted to make Batman laugh! <laughs> You're not 